Welcome to Hope Reclaimed. On this podcast, we talk about lasting healing from divorce, trauma, and loss through Jesus Christ, because healing and true redemption have already been extended by a good God. Sometimes he's inviting us to partner with him and receive that healing for ourselves. My name is Ellie Hope Collins, and I'm the host of this podcast, founder of HopeReclaimedMinistries.com, and a coach for individuals healing from divorce, trauma, and loss. In 2016, I discovered my ex-husband's long-term affair, and I was totally broken. Although I was desperate for a restored marriage, that's not what happened. But it wasn't until I chose to go back to every restaurant, listen to every song, and relive every memory that reminded me of my marriage and truly surrender everything to God that I really began to live a reclaimed life. And I'm now on a mission to help men and women just like you see true and lasting healing through Jesus. Whether you're experiencing the painful effects of divorce, grieving the death of a spouse, or beginning to accept the loss of a dream, you're in the right place. Complete healing and restoration is possible. Welcome to Hope Reclaimed. Today in the Hope Reclaimed episode, we are talking with Erin Henty. She is a life coach for widows. She not only has a powerful testimony, but she also has really practical advice and wisdom to give to us today. So whether you have gone through loss or if you know somebody who has gone through loss, I know we're going to gain a lot of insights today in this episode. But before we get in, you know the drill. Be sure you are subscribed to this podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and rate it and please share it with a friend because we never know what someone else is going through. Be sure you're following me on Instagram at hope underscore reclaimed. And if you'd like more information about the things that I offer, my online course, my coaching, even my free communities, be sure you head over to hopereclaimedministries.com. Again, hopereclaimedministries.com. Let's get into this episode. Hey there, Erin. Welcome to Hope Reclaimed. I'm so glad you're here. Thanks for having me today. Oh my gosh. It's such a pleasure. You've just turned into such a good friend and I haven't even met you in person. That's the best part about this um, online environment right now. We get to meet all kinds of new people. I know. Yeah. It's actually been a little bit of a trend with people on the podcast that I'm just, I'm interviewing all of these people that I actually consider my friends that I've never actually met. <laughs> so it's really cool. I love it. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I would love for you to um, dive into your story, dive into this story of healing that you have. Um, but first, before we do that, why don't you just share a little bit about who you are, what you do, what fills your days, and then we'll get into the good stuff. Thanks so much. Yeah. So for those that don't know me, I am a mom of three. I have a 21 year old, a 13 year old and an eight year old that keep me busy most days. And right now we're navigating the world of distance learning. So by day, I'm a hall monitor. And um, also in the past year, I've been able to start helping people navigate life after loss as well. As a life coach, I spent 10 years of my life um, helping people prepare for the unexpected in the financial services world. So now to be here in this capacity to actually walk people through this life after loss has been super rewarding and healing for my own personal journey. Yeah. It's amazing how helping people, and I know this from my experience, but then also from a lot of the stories that we hear, there's this other level of healing that takes place when we extend that helping hand to somebody else. And there's some, there's something so powerful about sitting with someone else in their pain as we're still healing and taking those steps for ourselves. And I know that that's a part of your story. So I would love for you to share briefly the what happened and then we'll dive into what God did. 
Yeah. You know, when we were talking before this, it's hard to narrow down everything that we've been through in life. Right. So if I had to sum it up in 2015, July 8th of 2015, my husband, Andy, um, died suddenly in a workplace accident. My kids were 15, eight and five at the time. And while, you know, I'd spent my life preparing people for the unexpected, nothing can, could have prepared us for the aftermath of the loss, the shock, the overwhelm, but also like the support that was wrapped around us and during Mm -hmm. those, those most difficult times. And, you know, I thought that, you know, the worst was yet to come whenever I had experienced the loss of my husband. But as I shared with you, um, in 2020, wasn't just a time of the pandemic for me. Um, it also led to, um, the loss of my sister, my mentor, my best friend, and my 16 year old niece as well. So this process of just, you know, navigating life after loss between my husband, my sister, and my niece has been one of faith and trust for sure. Wow. Yeah. So, so 2015, you lost your husband and I just want to say, I'm so sorry for that loss. I can't, I cannot even imagine that, especially facing that with young children. I, I don't even want to imagine that. And I'm so sorry. And then that compounded five years later with the death of your sister and your niece my gosh, that's like, that's so, so heavy. Um, how have you been processing grief or what did the process of grief look like for you? You know, in the beginning, it was very easy to get consumed with all the day-to-day, you know, yeah. all the day-to-day stuff. When your checklist runs out, then you're faced with all the reality and the emotions that come along mm. with it. Many of my days in, in the beginning were spent with God asking why, you know, I have always been a believer and I feel like my faith is strong, but I still didn't fully understand. Um, and you know, we're not supposed to always fully understand why things happen because he'll show us over time when we're ready, when we're open to taking the next step on our journey. So for me, it was so (laughs) important to take time and just be able to sit in it and process it. Although I tried my hardest to stay focused and busy and get back to work and do all the day-to-day things um, that could keep me distracted, where I needed to be was home. And two years after my my husband died and, and working um, almost full-time and just taking care of the three kids, I realized like even though I really, truly felt like God had led me to the career that I had, he was also leading me in a different direction. Hmm. Um, and I needed to be home. I needed to be home with my kids. And it became really clear to me uh, when my oldest child started navigating a lot of, you know, emotional stuff, which, you know, was met by, you know, addiction and things like that. And so the overwhelming emotions that came for her, um, led her to running away from home in 2017. And I only share that because that is, was the catalyst that finally made me see that I needed to be home. Hmm. I needed to spend time, you know, just really being able to sit in all of what, you know, God was trying to show me and really be able to understand what next steps to take on my journey. And I wasn't listening. I was just trying to stay Hmm. busy. 
and staying focused on all the things just to get by day to day. And I didn't want to start thinking about my future. I didn't, it had been shattered. You know, my identity was, it wasn't me anymore. Right. Because my husband and I had been together since I was 17. So being together for 18 years almost was, um, yeah, I had no idea who I was and I didn't want to start to look at that until finally he's like, I got plans for you and you better sit down and listen. I can so relate to that. I mean, in a very different way of wanting to fill my time, fill my days to prove myself in a way. Like I, I want to be, I want to do to yeah, fill my days and try to like prove that I'm worthy or that my identity is something that's worthy. When the Lord is a lot of times asking us, actually, no, you need to sit back and process some of this. And I mean, that must be so complicated with children because a lot of how you respond as a parent really does have an effect on your kids. Um, yeah, that must've been so so challenging. So, so this was in 2017, you, you took a step back and what did that look like? Yes. So I heard two words very loud and clear be, well, I should say three, almost be still and listen. And I was like, okay, how do I do that? no No idea, but I wanted to do it. Not only for me, but for my kids, for my future, for everything that Mm -hmm. I knew was supposed to be, but even though I didn't know what it looked like yet. So many of my days, I ended up taking a leave of absence from work because Mm -hmm. I can't do anything without some sort of plan or a little bit of certainty. I'm like, okay, well, what if, you know, what if, what if he's calling me back to work? He's, I was laughing because I knew that wasn't necessarily the case. I knew early on, but I just wanted the freedom and the time to be able to really make an informed decision after I listened to him. Right. That's wise too. You know, I mean, you don't want to just, you know, there's a level, there's a level of wisdom where we actually do need to be able to put food on the table, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes the Lord is calling us to step back, but he's always going to provide. It's going to look different when we're in his will, but yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So many of my days were met in prayer and meditation because I needed to literally be still. I mean, with the world around us and all the busyness and having three kids and trying to figure out everything that I needed to do, um, I I had to take that intentional time before Mm -hmm. they woke up in the morning. I would go for an hour, an hour and a half sometimes and just sit and clear my head and listen and, and, you know, do my daily devotion, read from the word and all of that. Like I just needed to soak up every ounce of what he was saying. And, um, and in that process, I actually, that summer went on a mission trip down to Honduras. And that was like one of the most life changing experiences of my entire life. Um, we went down there as a part of a medical mission and got to set up shop in the um, capital in Honduras and just meet all kinds of amazing people who were so open and receptive to hearing God's word. And they'd never even been to church or anything. Wow. And so I was able to witness to them. I'm like, who am I to be sitting here and sharing with these people? And he's like, you know, and every time I turned around, they were like, one day I was, I remember sitting um, in the group preparing for the week and they're like, oh, who wants to do evangelism? And my hand was like, not, not going up. I'm like, nope, 
And so I was trying to like get in on the concrete work. I'm like, put me as the dental assistant. I'll do yeah. anything but evangelism. Well, guess what? They needed somebody from evangelism like the last day. Yeah, because like nobody I- wants to choose that. It's very, it's extremely uncomfortable. Actually, that's not true. I do know some people that would really want to choose that, but it's a very uncomfortable position. Yeah, absolutely. And so they put me in evangelism and oh just gosh. amazing, amazing things happened and opened wow. my heart in a way that I hadn't had it opened in a long time. And it was just what I needed during all of that, you yeah. know? And so, you know, that, that journey of just sitting and being still, like I started mm-hmm. to get a little impatient. I'm not going to say that, Oh, like I heard him. And then I listened completely, you know, I am human. Um, so if only that was our story. Yeah, like, yeah. And then I heard the voice from the Lord, and then I was, you know, <laughs> totally in line. Yes, yes. I can't I never... we listened the first time. Yeah, I'm talking no. to myself here. <laughs> I know. Yes, yes. And so I took yeah. a little detour along the way, but yeah. I learned very quickly that He was using that for mm. me as well because I knew exactly what I was not supposed to be doing and what wow. I needed to be focused on. And once I like relinquished control and just gave up, like okay, not gave up, but I just gave it all to him. Like a week later, I had somebody walking into my store, uh, my stores that I had opened um, in a town nearby. And she said, you know what? Your name came up in a meeting this week and we'd really love to get you connected with the young widows um, in our city. We need help, you know, bringing more into our organization and we want to reach them. Can you help us? And I'm like, okay, that's, that's a perfectly clear sign that once I said, all right, Lord, I'm yours. I know you want to use me for this widow community. And he's like, yep, here you go. And then Mm -hmm. it just was step-by-step after that constant validation that I was living in alignment with where he wanted me to be. And I've just never had so much peace and certainty once I relinquished all of that and just said, okay, use me however you want. Yeah. I think we all do in a sense kind of need to go through that process of trying it on our own. (laughs) You know, like for me, it was a little bit of rebellion of like, I just need to try this on my own. I need to see if it will work. And I'm, you know, trying to heal by ourselves and then coming to that place of surrender and saying, okay, I can't actually do this on my own. So Lord, I need you use me however you want. And, and if I actually listen to your word, which said, be still and listen, or whatever that, that word is that we need for the season. Once we Mm -hmm. actually listen to that, the Lord's so faithful to then give us that, that, other level of healing, like that next layer that we actually need. And for you, it sounded like it was this extending the, um, the help and encouragement to somebody else going through loss. Yeah. I mean, that's powerful. Like you had that desire to help and to extend something, but we can't do it on our own. Like we have to listen to his word first and then it's going to be able to come. Like he, he let you be ready for it. Absolutely. Yeah. I totally, I totally agree with all of that. And yes, be ready, be ready for it. It's not our timing. It's his time. And it's always the perfect timing, even though that we want things to be done on our, I, you know, I have to just take a step back for a second and think about my children, you know, or even when we were kids, our parents wanted nothing more than for us to just 
take the easy path, learn from our mistakes and (laughs) do all the things that would live a life that was in alignment with where they thought we should be. Yeah. My parents wanted me to learn from their mistakes. So they were like, don't do these things. And like, that was out of their love. Like totally. I can so relate to that. And man, I made those mistakes though. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said earlier, we have, we, it's almost not, it's not that we're going to go out seeking the mistakes, right? But the mistakes happen because we're human. Yeah. We get caught off guard or we're not staying consciously aware of what's going on in our life. That's a lot of what we operate. Yeah. We operate at this unconscious level because we get to a certain point in our life and all these beliefs and stories and thoughts were like, formed from an early age. And we're so used to doing things a certain way that we no longer have to even think, think about when you learned how to drive a car at first, it's like, you're trying to remember all these things that you need to do in order to get it, to keep it rolling down the road and not get into an accident. Right. But now I guarantee when you get into the car and take the same path home, you probably blink your eyes and you're like, how did I even get here? Totally. That is how we operate as humans. So share a little bit more, if you would maybe open up a little bit with what that looked like for you, that, that process of driving the car, learning how to drive the car. (laughs) Do you have an example from your own life? Oh yes, absolutely. And this has been like actually the process that even this past year I've taken others and others through and through my second loss, used it to rebuild like the foundation of, you know, my life again and continuing Mm. to grow and evolve over time. So, um, when I first started my journey, I didn't even know that I was saying certain things, certain words, certain beliefs, like were automatically coming. And all of a sudden I started hearing myself saying it. One day I remember I was, I walked into the bathroom in the morning. I looked into the mirror and I was like, I didn't even recognize who I was anymore. And I'm like, who are you? And it's like, okay, now it's time to go on an exploration to find out who I am. And so when I talk about like these, uh, we walk around at this unconscious level, we do things so automatically that we don't really think about them. So now it was time for me to think and becoming aware was like the whole first part of the process for me, become aware of who I was, what I was passionate about, what drove me every single day. Why did I get up out of bed? Because I didn't have to, but I chose to. So why did I? Well, I wanted my kids to be able to be fed. You know, I wanted to be able to get out in the world and be able to see my friends. I wanted, I knew there was something more to life than just laying in my grief. Um, And so for those that may be out there struggling, you know, the first step is just getting up. And so if they're listening, listening to this and they're like, well, I don't even, you know, know how to do that. Put your, before you put your feet on the floor. (laughs) I can just say, give it all to God and let him take in charge of your day and lead you wherever it needs to take you. So this Mm. becoming aware was like really paying attention to the words I was using, the thoughts I was thinking, how I was behaving, because um, I I just started realizing I was saying certain things to my kids and then my kids would repeat them to me because they're perfect mirrors. And I'm like, wait a minute, you can't say that to me. They're like, wait, you just said that to me. I'm like, so it was, it's been really good oh, for my wow. children. That must be so humbling. Yes. That must be so humbling. <laughs> and I can't even get upset with them about saying it to me because it is yeah. so helpful as a part of been a part of my process. I've been completely transparent with my children and it has benefited me in unbelievable ways. Okay. Like, are, I, just want to apl- I just want to applaud that too, because like, there's not enough, I don't think there's not enough transparency with 
with parents and their kids with this kind of process to be like, oh, I'm actually learning in this stuff. Like I'm, I'm sorry that I, you know, I mean, I think that's so important because that models transparency. It models growth, like a growth mindset that we actually want our kids to have. I don't have children, but that's like, that's what I want to be able to teach my future kids. Oh, that makes you feel good. You know what I mean? Like, um, so that was a little bit of a side tangent, but I'm full of side tangents on this podcast. No, that was, it's perfect because to me, I don't believe that we have enough conversations with our children about Mm. this stuff because they're going to learn things. They're going to hear things from people, but they need to know what's true for them. Like what's true for somebody else is not what's true for them. And they do not need to live their life in comparison to other people. Right. They do not need to be looking on the outside. They need to be looking on the inside because if something doesn't feel right, they'll get that gut instinct. They'll start to know that it's not right, but maybe not know why. And so they'll, my kids, I'm just teaching them to go back and like, okay, well, what happened and really Mm. start to process things. Um, and, and even my son last weekend, he was getting really anxious about playing basketball for the first time he had his first game. And he, we started talking about even that, the anxiety that was coming and how nervous he was and all these other things. And I'm like, you know, there were thoughts that were repeating in his head over and over and over again. Like, this is my first time. I don't know what I'm doing. Everyone else has played for a few years and all this other stuff kept coming up. And so we started rewinding, press the rewind button. And we went back to like his practice and how confident he was and how his co- he knows his coach is there to guide him and feed him the information he needs yeah. to be able to get through that game. So all he needs to do is listen for its coach's voice during the game and he's not going to be yelling at him to get mad at him. He's like hollering because there's 20 other kids in the gym yeah. that are being loud and screaming that he needs to talk over. And so I could just see the weight lift off his shoulders and just that whole process. And that's like one of the most real life examples that I can yeah. get. And becoming aware, like I said, is just the first step. And then it's like starting to live in alignment with like, once we've discovered who we are and what we want for our life and there's no compromises and we can just move forward. And even if we don't know where that is now, like, let's start to get some clarity. Like if I know in the beginning, I knew God wanted me to make a global impact on the widow community. I was like, that sounds really huge and scary. (laughs) Like that Uh. sounds really, I don't know what that means. And he's like, just take the next step. And that's when the person came into my shop and asked me to be a connect leader. And then I got to serve on the board for a grief center. Um, And then I walked into, you know, after sharing my story, I walked into the world of life coaching. And so it's just been one step after another that's consistently in alignment with where I know he wants me to be. The how we get there, like he could give the same message to somebody else, but the way that they need to get there is completely different. So there's others that are like, ooh, you know, I want to help others on my journey. That could look completely different for them. And never like in my coaching clients, I'm not say, oh, use me as an example. I'm like, let's dig in and find out what he's calling you to do with your life. So that's been pretty amazing. I love that you're stressing that because this is, this is such a thing that we can fall into this, this idea of comparison and, and looking at our journey compared to somebody else and social media is you know, the queen of that, (laughs) you know, where we can just so feed into that. I know that I do in this ministry that I'm building. I can look at somebody else's and like, oh my gosh, well, what are they doing and how are they doing it? And, and look at, look at how far they are. And (laughs) we have to remember 
especially if we're doing this with the Lord, it is not going to look like somebody else's journey. Your process of healing is not going to look like somebody else's. And even the way that you're speaking that over your kids, their healing from the death of their father and the death Mm. of their aunt and cousin, like Mm -hmm. that is huge. And so to be able to process with them, your healing journey is going to look different. Your process is going to look different. Like, man, that's so important. That is such an important message. And I think that's a, that's a message that somebody listening to this needs to hear your process is different than somebody else's like stop comparing, start going to the Lord for, for him to say, listen to me. I'm your coach. I'm your (laughs) basketball coach in this example. Yes. And, and I'm going to tell you what to do. Yes. Yeah. Let him be in charge. Like how freeing is that to not have to work? We have enough decisions to make in this world. Like, Let's get real. Our destiny (laughs) can be somebody else's. (laughs) Stop controlling, stop controlling what we were ultimately meant to do. Like we were put on this earth for a very specific reason and our unique journey is our own. It was designed for us and our stories are all 100% different. Um, Every experience, every interaction, every, Mm -hmm. you know, every step of the way was uniquely designed. So we could go back and say, well, you know, so many people are out there living in regrets. I wish I would have done this. I would, you know, they're going back and wishing they could change things in the past, but it's not the way it was supposed to be. Because when we go back, one of the most powerful things that I do with my clients is that we go back and we look at this journey that they've been on and get to start exploring all the beautiful things that came out of all those experiences. And not all of them were beautiful, but they gave them resilience and strength and power Mm -hmm. and the ability to overcome great obstacles. And it also shows them what steps they took, what steps did they specifically take to get through those things time and time again, because they're still here and they're still showing up and they're still doing what they're doing. But because they've been operating at that unconscious level, like we talked about before, they don't know what it is. And sometimes I even need somebody on the outside to be able to look in and say, here's what I'm seeing. Yes. What I see you doing in your life. And they're like, whoa, like I never really thought about it that way. And when your life is shattered, all those pieces on your timeline are just laying on the ground. Mm -hmm. They're like little shards of glass that you have to pick up and put back and, you know, start putting back together, but they don't fit in the same way anymore. You got to figure out which ones you want to lay down and how you want to lay down and what they're going to look like. So when you step forward into whatever's next, you can do so with that confidence and peace and trust and, you know, full faith that whatever is going to happen is going to happen exactly the way that God intended it to. Yeah. So true. I'm interested to see how, from, from your perspective, how, you know, you, you had meant, you had mentioned that when you experience loss with your, with your husband, you were met with great support. And that is amazing. Praise the Lord. When you, because you went through that experience, did that affect the way that you chose to be a support when you lost your sister and your niece and what advice and encouragement would you give to somebody else in that situation? I'm so glad you asked that. Yes, absolutely. Um, seeing the way that others had shown up for me in our most critical time and need 
and the way that they go back to their day-to-day lives after, right? People can, they'll swoop in and hold you up when you're, when you need it most. Um, But just when you start taking those next steps, it's kind of like when a baby starts walking and you let go of their hands and they're going to tumble down a few times, right? I felt like I tumbled down quite a few times and, you know, so many of the individuals that I meet, they wish that people would have been there and supported them longer. Like they all want to help in the beginning, but you know, what about over time or how can they check in and how can they just be that ongoing support and encourager? Because, you know, God put each of us in each other's life for a very specific reason. So when my sister and niece died, it was almost like I was looking at it from a different lens because now I'm sitting here on the outside and friends and family were coming to me looking for guidance on how they can best support them. Like, you know, what does Clint need or should I be doing this or how can I support them in this way? And, you know, so just being able to give them, you know, a few things that they could keep in mind um, as they step forward, I've seen ongoing support. Um, people showing up on a regular basis, getting these kids to where they need to go, allowing, you know, my brother-in-law to be able to step up and, and just be able to do the things that he needs to do for himself. Like I've just seen such incredible, um, you know, strength and support from that entire community that's surrounding around them. And I thought, you know, if I could give anybody a piece of advice, it's, First of all, never ask someone what they need because <laughs> they because don't know. It's so true. <laughs> it, it seems like a genuine response like, and believe let me, me know, or let me know if you need anything. Like, yes, complete strangers. Not, and I know it's so well-intentioned. It's not the best question. It, it, it isn't because it's an auto response yeah. and it's well-intended. And I'm not saying that that isn't like – Asking them what they need is assuming that they know what they need and what they want. And when you are going through those initial stages, you know, grief, there's the shock. Yeah, You can't think your brain isn't even like fully functioning half the time. And so I just say, be aware, look around. If you see that their grass is getting tall, cut the grass. If you think they might have a deep freezer, you know, they do go make them a meal and bring it to them and throw it in their freezer we kept a cooler out of my brother-in-law's front porch and it's still out there to this day because people are dropping stuff off and it's May of last year when my sister died. So you just never know when people are going to show up. And so just having like some of those things in place to give people the freedom to like bring things when they want to, or show up and help in whatever way they can. Like one of my sister's friends has a gift of cleaning houses very amazingly. And so she'll come in every once in a while and clean the house and do things like that. I just say, use the gifts God gave you. Yes. Put them to work. That's what they're, that's what they're there for. Yeah. That's such a good point because God has given us authority and anointing in what he's called us to. So if that's like to, to be a musician or something, you can use that to gift and bless somebody um, who is grieving or, or if it's cleaning house, like you said, you can, you can say, I have an anointing in this. I know that that sounds like ultra spiritual, but it's true. You know, that's mm-hmm. like, that's how God has created us. Um, but this reminds me, I had, this is a long time ago. My first season of the podcast, I had a woman on who had, who had tragically lost her husband as well with two kids. And, um, and she was saying for her, 
so many people rushed to give her food and that actually brought her more anxiety because she wasn't able to eat because her response to grief was completely losing her appetite. And then she got anxious because she was like, oh my gosh, I have all this food that's going to go bad because it couldn't freeze and all this stuff. Um, so, so a lot of people's response is with food and I don't want to discourage that, but I know that there's a lot of other ways to meet somebody's physical and emotional need. That's actually not food. Um, and that can also, this isn't, you know, another topic too, but that can also be triggering to somebody who's experienced disordered eating because we can easily go to, Mm. we can easily go to, I'm feeling bad. I'm going to go just eat a bunch of ice cream or, um, or there are those people that, um, like, Oh, here's a bottle of wine. Cause you're grieving. That's actually not the best way to give support. I mean, I'm, this is obviously different than bringing somebody a meal. I understand right. that. Yes. Um, but, but it, I think it's just really important to think about this when we see somebody grieving, say, what is, what's actually needed here? Is it to go and cut their grass? Is it to go shovel their driveway? If it's winter time, um, is it to come and sit with them and watch mm. a movie? Um, or just to, to set a reminder on my phone and every Tuesday at 10 AM, I'm going to text them and say, I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. I love you. Yes. You know, like being consistent. We can, there's, there's these, a lot of different ways that we can bring that support. I think it's important to think outside of the box a little bit. <laughs> Absolutely. I 100% agree. And I love what you said. I was thinking about this, um, uh, after we talked the last time and yeah, sometimes just showing up, mm-hmm. um, and making people in their time of grief feel seen and heard. Yeah. Um, sometimes people just come in and, and they just say things and they aren't really listening. And that's yeah. where I said, it's, it's time to wake up. And part of our mm-hmm. own journey in supporting people in their grief is being aware, <laughs> just like the people that are grieving, right? They need to be aware of what's going on in these people's lives. And while things may look like, you know, they're all okay on the outside. They're still like, I love what you said about, you know, just texting every Tuesday and Hey, I'm praying for you and checking in like those little things mean everything. Yeah. Especially like I have one of my sister's best friends, And she's very like, it's not every week, but she is very good about checking in with me, um, on a regular basis, even because even though I wasn't in the house all the time with my sister, she knows like the role Mm -hmm. that she played in my life. And that has just made just a tremendous difference in my own. It seems like God knows how to reach in and tell people when to reach out at the right times. And so when I've really found myself an immense, like day of where my emotions are heavy and I'm really, really sad. That's whenever all of a sudden I'll get a text for somebody and I'm like, yes. So Mm. (laughs) it's just super powerful. I thought I would just share that. That's beautiful. And that, I mean, for me, that makes me want to really be sure that I'm plugged into the Holy spirit so that I can be that person that I can say, Lord, do you want me to reach out to anybody right now? I want to be available for that. That if that's not high in my radar, that I have a close friend that has gone through something hard right now, but is there a way, is there somebody that I should just be reaching out to right now? I want to be able to be plugged into him in that way that I can be that. I think that's a good prayer. So, so you have a, you have an amazing program that you're, that you're doing right now. Um, 
all about becoming the person that we're supposed to be after this loss, right? Yes. I yes. mean, this is like the heart of of really healing from grief, which is stepping into our true identity aside from loss, like before loss, but then also taking the loss and saying, let's have this launch us into who God has created us to be and becoming who God has created us to be. So I'd love for Mm -hmm. you to talk about that and, um, and just share a little bit about what this program is all about. Yes. Well, thank you so much for bringing that up. And actually it just, it's launching today and I'm getting people signed up for my group next month. So I'm really excited. It's the becoming you group coaching program, um, for widows And, um, I am super excited because we're going to be talking about many of the things that I've shared today. So all, it's all about becoming aware, um, and becoming aligned with who we were created to be, even if we don't know who that is yet. Like there's little indicators along the way that give us clues when we sit and listen. Right. And then it's really like really stepping into, the becoming you part of it, the identity and being certain and confident. Like it doesn't matter what happens. Our kids are going to grow older. They're going to graduate. They're going to move out and start their own families. There's going to be more loss. There's going to be heartache. There's going to be disappointment. There's going to be so many things, but that does not change who we are and who we're created to be as humans. We get oftentimes wrapped up as like, uh, I'm a mom. Yes, I'm a mom and I'm a sister and I'm a, you know, I'm a friend mm-hmm. and I'm this, that, and the other, those all make up parts of who we are, but it's not all of who mm-hmm. we are. And I think we lose ourselves in that so many times. So and true. so being able to step back and see this, it's like, oh, there's more to me than just this loss. I've lived a whole life and there are beautiful moments and there's sad moments. And there's all these things that we can now take from those experiences, as I said earlier, and really start to map out what we want for our life and, and, and let, you know, and and then just kind of start stepping into that. It's not setting all these major goals. Like I see people set new year's resolutions and those are great and all, but it's, it's almost, it's more than that. It's creating these pillars within ourselves that we can then use to be able to really confidently, no matter what, with great certainty, move into all these things that are coming. We're more equipped. We're more prepared. I did all that work. I went Mm. through this process over and over again. And whenever I hit that loss last year, I went back to like not doing, I didn't like, I did what I needed to do. But I knew in the early stages, I needed two things. I needed to be able to sit and feel whatever I needed to feel, listen, and know that God's there to strengthen me no matter what. And he placed people in my life to surround us and provide a protection of support like no other because that, that was all going on when everything happened in Minneapolis and there's lots of chaos in the world aside from this loss. And Hmm. so there's all these different pieces that we get to use to really rebuild our life after loss. And it all comes down to, you know, what, what's, what I want, even those that haven't experienced loss to know is you don't need to wait. Now is the time to just tear those walls down. Okay. Tear them down. All those thoughts, those beliefs, it's time to like tear it all down and pick up the pieces and start to really lay the foundation for whatever. That's, that's so good. And, and the power of doing that with 
someone else that's not in it with you is a really beautiful thing. <laughs> someone else like a coach, like a counselor. Um, I mean, you're a life coach. So, so the way that you come in to say, I'm not sitting in the pain with you in that same way. You know, you're not emotionally um, invested or emotionally, I mean, you are emotionally invested, but you're not, you're not grieving yourself. And so you're able to sit back and say, I'm so sorry for what you're going through. I I've been there. I know how hard this is. I don't know exactly what you're experiencing. However, I'm, you're able to help them sort through those broken pieces and, um, and that's actually a really beautiful process because it can feel so overwhelming when we're experiencing loss and grief, um, from the death of a spouse, um, a divorce or a broken relationship, a, a loss of a job, like these, these shatters of our lives can be just strewn everywhere. And you're like, how the heck am I supposed to pick these up? So yeah. to have somebody like yourself to come in and say, let's sort through it together and let's do that properly and, and actually take steps together, you know, yeah. like actually get out of bed. Like you said, at the, at the beginning of the episode, like you can do it. You can actually get out of bed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's the first thing, like you're making choices every day, whether you know it or not, like the first choice you made is to show up, you know? Yeah. And so I'm always encouraging them by saying that they, I always ask at the beginning like of our coaching calls, like, what are you celebrating? And they're like, wait a minute, I'm supposed to be, it's a different way of saying like, what are you grateful for? And they're like celebrating well. And now my clients kind of bebop on the phone. They're like, Oh, I'm celebrating this and this and this. But I knew that I wanted to be able to also provide connection. Um, And so this group coaching program I'm putting together that I'm launching for the first time, um, I'm really excited about because there's going to be a small group of women who are navigating a very similar journey, going through the same process that will be there to encourage and support Mm and love on each other along the way. So So cool. It'll be six months because, you know, it is a process and we are building Mm -hmm. a foundation and we want to do it slowly. (laughs) Yes. This is not an overnight thing. This is not a quick fix, um, kind of healing. Like that's actually not what Jesus did. Like even when he healed people miraculously, he didn't just do it to be a quick fix. He was like, he transformed people. Um, with the power of the gospel. And so I, I love that <laughs> this is not a quick fix solution here. This is yeah. like lifestyle changes and, um, yeah, transformation, this is just transformation. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron, I'm just blessed by you. I love what you're doing. Um, if people are interested in being a part, um, this episode is going to go live after your webinars and things like that. But if people are interested in maybe getting involved in, um, in what you're doing on social media or maybe on your, um, email list or anything like that, where can they find you? Yeah. So I'm guessing you're going to drop it in the details, but my, mm-hmm. um, you can find me Aaron Hinty on Facebook, Aaron Hinty coaching, um, I'm also on Instagram, AaronHinty.com is the website. Um, and then if you put in forward slash becoming you, that's all the details of my coaching program, which you can only get to through that link. So go to AaronHinty.com forward slash becoming you, because I do want that to be a very special, intimate program for those who are really ready 
to take that next step on their journey. Um, So yeah, that's where you can find me. That's great. Yes. Like you said, those, um, that information will be in the details in the show notes of this episode. So if you'd like any more information about that, you can head over to um, the show notes and find that. But Erin, I'm blessed by you. Thank you so much for sharing your story, um, your healing journey and um, yeah. And your, the revelations that the Lord's given you as a result of the painful experiences of your life, of your life. Yeah. Thank you. And I could brag all the same on you. It's been such a blessing to get to know you and that we can support each other. You know, God's called us in um, similar yet different ways. Right. And so to be able to show up and support each other um, throughout this journey has been super wonderful. So thanks for having me. Absolutely, dear. And thank you listeners for being a part. Um, Like I said, head over to the show notes and um, find any information that you may want to find there. Thank you so much, Erin. We'll talk later. Thank you.